That was Olivia Newton-John singing Magic from the remarkable movie Xanadu, which I really recommend to you, um, with Gene Kelly and Michael Beck. There's a long personal story we have with that, but I won't talk about it now. However, the song is beautiful and really, um, in my way of thinking, digs very deep. And I want to talk about magic today in podcast number 266. I'd especially like to talk about magic in, um, in marriage. And I am always uh, prompted to speak about things as empirical or actual experience is the judge of uh, various narratives or possible interpretations and perspectives that we have, that we adopt. They're helpful. They um, seem um, elucidatory and illuminating and even wise. But when it comes to romantic love, uh, very, very few of the sort of... um, kind of recipes, the um, perspectives on long-term love that I read and I hear all the time, I find that they ultimately um, come to naught in experience because the core of holding on to a lifelong covenant love, to use the expression that is often used in Christianity, has to do with romance and not effort in any way, shape, or form. Um, Simeon Zoll has been uh, reading the stories of John Cheever, with whom Mary and I had a very particular personal connection. I didn't know him, but I, 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 I buried him. <laughs> that is to say, I helped bury him at Trinity Church and through Trinity Church Ossining and got to know people who knew him very well. And uh, one of the things about... Um, his stories as they regard otherwise everyday people as sometimes on a kind of knife edge of imminent catastrophe that no one else knows about except the author and the person and uh, the uh, realities of what is going on inside an otherwise normal seeming and appearing modest, moderate person uh, is so at odds with what um, what the uh, surface looks like. And in uh, his story, uh, The Something or Other Husband, I forget the name of the story, actually, Simeon told me how this man who has a successful life in every single way, shape, or form, um, married and with children and a good job, and really the uh, feeling of contentment is on a knife edge of throwing it all away through a passionate love that he has finding within himself for the babysitter. And uh, uh, taking all the various um, current narratives away, the power of the story is that here's a man who appears to be, you know, a sort of one step at a time kind of rational chap, but the fact is that his life is on a knife edge um, in which if he should fall the other side of the edge, he, his life, his children, his family, his marriage, everything um, stands to completely fall. He is on the imminent verge of destroying a life that has been built up over 45 years. Now, that is a uh, an indication, that very um, indicative uh, Cheever story of what happens with many people. And what I want to talk about in the episode on magic is that the... Um, the uh, uh, the, the fellow does, in fact, go to a therapist, finally, uh, and the therapist encourages him to take up woodworking, which, in a way, uh, it sort of saves him. But it's not the woodworking that saves him as much as the final decision which he makes to consult and get help. Otherwise, he would have fallen off the knife edge. Now, what I keep reading about when I <clears throat> hear about long and fulfilling uh, and happy relationships 
is the uh, notion of covenant. I was talking to a fellow the other day whose wife has died recently, and he was married for 53 years, and I, it's an extraordinary thing, and he loved his wife. That's very clear to me, close to his children now. But he did say, well, of course, we had our ups and downs. You know, he, he obviously, he and his wife had had difficulties and problems like all married couples do. And then I was reading, um, someone was talking about how such and such uh, a... Uh, such and such a book or such and such a story or such and such a life. Perhaps they were describing their parents' lives of a marriage of many years. Uh, how wonderful it is when you can live through the covenant. You know, you promise to love, honor, um, and keep this person through thickness and in thin, through um, uh, sickness and in health, and uh, till death do us part. And you made the promise, and by the grace of God, you kept to it, and you kept the covenant. And I'm always uh, reminded when I hear such statements, A, that a lot of marriages that talk about that, in fact, if the truth were known, fall apart. They are much closer to the John Cheever situation, and many, many we don't read about or don't want to think about are marriages that have fallen off the knife edge, even after years and years and years of apparent covenant keeping. And obviously, you know, you, the listener, that covenant keeping, that's, a, that's that's the law. Uh, that's one way of looking at it. It's a good law, but it's a, and it's a one that I very happily and devoutly promised to marry, and she with me so many, many years ago, 45 years ago. But the, uh, uh, the, the to, to purely, to put it as a covenant is to put it in a kind of a, uh, uh, a category that is by necessity breakable. It's frangible. It can be broken because covenants fall apart when the reason to keep the covenant seems so it seems unable to compete with the reasons to break the covenant. Now, the movie that's in my mind is a 1957 movie called um, "A Woman in a uh, Woman in a Dressing Gown" with. Uh, with, oh, what's her name, Mitchell, Yvonne Mitchell and Anthony Quayle. It's an English movie that kind of disappeared, and it is fantastic. It's recently been released again on a beautiful DVD in England, and um, a woman has kind of fallen into kind of patterns of laziness with her relationship with her husband. He's a very nice guy, and their teenage boy is 16 or so in London, and one thing leads to another, and the man uh, develops a deep, oh, passionate love that is actually not consummated, uh, with a woman with whom he works, and he decides to leave his wife, and it's the the the, the movie is the account of what happens when this rather um, obtuse uh, and lazy woman, the wife of many many years, finally understands what's going on, and she finally speaks out of her heart and finally speaks out of her true emotional self, and a kind of magic occurs. Uh, when she uh, directly and uh, you might almost say against type confronts the uh, woman, the other woman who's perfect and her husband and an amazing denouement occurs which could also happen. <coughs> You're on the knife edge which could go north or south, could go east or west. <coughs> and in this remarkable movie what appears to be a set uh, direction is changed through the power of deeply agonizing personal avowal and communication on the part of the woman who the husband finally hears. He finally hears her and he hears the, 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 the magic that in fact inheres in their life and that they once had. What, um, what you need to do when you have trouble in a marriage is not to um, kind of call upon yourself to... Uh, uh, there's a song by Blue Magic, whom I love so much from Philadelphia in the 70s. He says, got to get a hold on yourself. It's a great song, but it's inaccurate. You can't get a hold on yourself if you've gone to a certain place of profound uh, romantic entanglement and connection. Let me uh, go back and read to you the quote that is of such 
enduring uh, consequence in Gerald Hurd's uh, book uh, Doppelgangers, the sci-fi book from, I have the original English edition, from uh, 1965, and I know it was written in the 40s. And uh, he, uh, this is uh, the uh, powerful picture that I always say about how we're really looking for that connection, and it is the only thing that matters if and when we find it. If you put yourself into the position to have certain progressive ideas, they actually might come to you. In fact, they hit you. A pole, writes Heard, put high enough on a dark night, will suddenly appear shining white in the high dark because it is intercepting the beam of a searchlight passing over, but otherwise unseen, in the clear, dark air. Certainly, he now gave not a thought to what he was going to do. It was all obvious and simply flowed from what had been forced on him. Well, the um, um, searchlight is our looking for connection, our looking for a romantic or, shall I say, direct oneness with another person. And the um, searchlight goes, and when it, it suddenly comes upon this pole in the dark night that no one can otherwise see, and when it seizes on it, it illuminates it as, with, as, it's, as if it's the only thing. You've seen this in prison escape movies from the 30s and 40s. They all have... The, the, the searchlights are all going over until they find the escaped prisoner, and then that's all you see. Well, the searchlight is the desire for oneness with another person, and the pole uh, is almost arbitrary. But when it finds the pole, or what it conceives to be the pole, that with which it has been looking for, that's all it sees. And then uh, whatever action you take is obvious. Well, the same thing happens with people. Uh, you find the one uh, with whom you can have this oneness which is so absolutely ne needy and necessary and that's all you can um, uh, can uh, th that's all that you then see and then life becomes the connection of the searchlight which was your hunger for oneness with the object which has been illuminated quite arbitrarily as it turns out it, there might have been other poles uh, that were missed or were earlier passed over or were a little nearer or a little further than the pathway of the searchlight. But this pole arbitrarily becomes the only thing. And that's why the husband in a woman in a dressing gown uh, is, uh, there's no question he's going to leave his, his wife once, once he sees the pole of the other woman. But, uh, but something else happens that uh, shows him uh, that there was a connection uh, similar to that. Uh, he just didn't know much, much earlier. It was funny, uh, you know, I'm getting older, Mary's getting older, uh, we're all getting older, our sons are looking older, and um, the other day I walked out from some snowy something or other out in the front of the house where we live, and uh, uh, Mary was, had just come in, and she um, looked really great, and she just came up to me and kissed me and gave me that incredibly vivacious smile that I remember from the very first day I met her in October of 1969. I remember that she didn't kiss me in October of 1969, but I saw her in a little meeting of students in Carolina, and she kissed, she kissed me the other day. He just came up and kissed me, but with that extraordinarily open, um, gregarious, vivacious, dear, uh, wide-open smile. And I said, oh, my gosh, the pole. That's the pole. Um, it's not about keeping covenant, although it results in the very things that keeping covenant um, enlists you to do. Always grace, love always results in uh, things that are identical with what the law commanded you to do but couldn't do. But when you, when you have the thing, the connection, the grace, the oneness with the pole and the searchlight, then... Uh, uh, then uh, uh, 
promise keeping uh, is no longer a matter of keeping. As he says uh, in the passage I just read, it, it you don't even know it's going to happen. It just does happen. You, you wouldn't want to, in a million years, be away from this woman or get that searchlight out to find somebody else. And that's why so often with people who are having marital difficulty, I said, well, was it always this way? Or can you remember when, you know, can you remember when uh, there was something really wonderful something wonderful that uh, the king and I uh, was there something wonderful and uh, you know like uh, Burton Cummings says I gotta go back go back then find out what was wrong and go back then I gotta go back when find out what was wrong and come back then uh, go back to what you had and then come back and then the uh, covenant is, is a piece of cake and it's not even a covenant that's why the law is a category that doesn't really apply it's not the law because if it's the law you, you can't do it but if it's the um if it's desire, uh, based on the magic, then it's everything. Well, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, romantic love is magic. Marriage is magic. The relationship to God is magic. We had a situation, um, our, uh, uh, somebody lost a phone whom we love and adore. Uh, someone lost their cell phone. Under, it's very important in this situation that the cell phone be found. And it was found. It was found in a bush uh, along a roadway somewhere. It had fallen out of a pocket. With this person helping her ch- children ride to school and an au pair and you name it, and the, the phone had fallen out. And, and it's a bikeway that thousands of students uh, and people g- g- bike in every day. And they went back step by step by step, and they found the phone in perfect condition in a bush that had fallen out of a pocket or something like that. Well. That was an act of God, or the service of uh, a service we heard last night that was where John Zoll and Simeon Zoll were. That was a, a, a counter, totally, totally counterintuitively, it turned out to be an, an action of the love of God, a labor of love, unbelievable. Uh, and yet, had someone told people to do it, we couldn't have, we wouldn't have even thought that way. So, um, uh, go back to where the uh, searchlight of your of your soul uh, saw a pole that lit up, and it was all you saw, and then you'll find. That that's all you need because it really is enough. Uh, it's arbitrary in some ways. There are other women it could have been, but God brought you to this one, and then the the, the connection happened. It's now it's really all you need to see. It's all you did see then, and sort of you know go back then. I had hoped to end the podcast with the song. I think it's by Pilot called Magic from the seventies. Oh, 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 it's magic, you know. Da, 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 da. But I couldn't find it in my where I was looking. So we're going to hear instead a wonderful song by Andy Kim from I think nineteen seventy four, called Rock Me Gently, and uh, considered a love song, but it's a great rock song, and you might not. I've heard it. Um, Andy Kim, take it away.
honey. 